0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Detroiter's Think Big, a small business podcast presented by the Detroit Regional Chamber. I am your host, Devin O'Reilly. Uh, and with me today is Ashley Williams, Thank you. Uh, the founder of Am I yes, saying that right? You
1: did. Thank you so much for having me.
0: I'm <laughs> great to have you. And up here at Mackinac, we can you know hear the din of all the conversations and interesting things that are happening. Um, how's your uh, first Mackinac treating you?
1: It's so much fun. The weather is beautiful, and um, just the ambiance is really nice. It's I'm learning so many insightful things, and just meeting people who I haven't seen in a while or new people. It's just really refreshing.
0: Is that is the networking getting too overwhelming? For for you yet or?
1: No, not yet. It's like I, I keep kind of retreating back because I'm somewhat introverted or a lot introverted so I keep going between being extroverted and holding back a little bit, so. <laughs> Turn,
0: turning the switch on and off. Yeah.
1: Right.
0: So, uh, so, tell me about, I mean, the, the name of the company is not immediately indicative of what you do so first I want to get a little bit background. So how did you, what's your kind of background story and how did you come to found Rizar?
1: Yeah. So I actually have been involved in journalism since I was 14. I went to Lathrop high school and they had a TV studio there, which I fell in love with journalism. Didn't even know what it was. Um, and so naive in the fact that I didn't know you could do that as a career. And then my television advisor was like, yes, you could be a news anchor. I was like, Oh, so I went to study at the university of Southern California. I did a whole bunch of different internships, but at the same time I cut, Um, going into this issue of seeing my peers struggle with getting opportunities on campus and also with just getting more ways to build their portfolio. And then, um, granted, I was like usually the youngest person um, in the newsroom once I got into my career, one of the younger people. I also usually was navigated towards helping the interns get opportunities or they would come to me and be like, Ashley, can you help me build my portfolio? So as I was in this... the era of just seeing this issue, I thought there has to be a way where these young people can get opportunities to get paid doing what they love, to build their portfolio, and to get real world experiences. So Rizar came into the idea. Um, my background, I also speak Spanish, and I love the idea of the ripple effect. Um, I kind of became fascinated with like water ripples when I was building the, the very beginning. <laughs> and so I wanted to find a word in Spanish, Rizar, which means to ripple, and then I kind of changed the spelling because the domain was not available. Oh, okay. Yes, and that's where, <laughs> and that's where it came in.
0: I was gonna you you led me right into that question about the name of the company so that's that's how it that's how it comes yeah in. okay yeah, very yeah. cool um so you you said you know you went to USC what brought you back here
1: well honestly so once I was in Virginia my last job was with USA Today and I was kind of getting started in that ecosystem of startup and not that anything was you know necessarily wrong with it but I realized I really wanted to be at home economically speaking it was better the community for me it just felt more homey um, and so once I was in the process of thinking thinking about coming home came back home saw all the development with like tech town and just the entrepreneurial ecosystem in and of itself i was like you know what i'm going to come back here cuz i really want to make an impact here being that i'm from here and it just made more sense so on that on that
0: point though, um, what about what about Michigan? What about the Detroit area? Uh, really made you feel like you know it was you could be more impactful. Um, you know, speak a little bit to kind of why here.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, there's something about the people here. I have to say, everybody is very inviting, welcoming. Everybody wants to help everybody to succeed. And I think when you're in other ecosystems, no offense to them, but I think sometimes there can be so much going on, or it's kind of crowded. Like. I was thinking about maybe going back to LA and we do have team members in LA like my CTO is or I was thinking even with DC it just felt very um, broad and almost too overwhelming in fact when Michigan it just kind of felt just right where it was just enough of a lot of people being here but enough of community where people were really vying for the city to come back and everybody trying to use their passions their gifts things that they really wanted to contribute towards that community and I felt like why not contribute what I want to do Rizar, into that community too
0: interesting so you talked about your team how big is your team now
1: so there are five of us now um, we are in the process of transitioning but there are a couple yeah we now to five people but we're in the process of growing the team
0: now, when did this become, when did this go from like a side hustle to the main thing, what you're all about?
1: Well, I have to say probably once I got my first large contract with a medical company um, and that really shifted everything for me around even the revenue model. That's when we first got into Tech Towns Incubator and that's really where the switch kind of was like, okay, like let's move forward now.
0: And are you are you continuing to grow? Are you going to add new team members?
1: Yeah, so right now we're just gearing up to officially go into our our fundraise. I know I've been preparing for that for like a little while, but really now. um, We've been also growing in terms of customers as well and also from that really realizing too, because we did have a larger team, but I realized though as we're shifting towards not really focusing so much on like the millennial and Gen Z creator, but all creators, um, and making it more of a broader landscape in terms of also the technology that we're building in the company. So we're really, it's kind of like a rebirth really really of the company.
0: Interesting. So is there, I mean is there an ideal customer for you or is it kind of, you know, you know, you'll work with anybody or d- mm-hmm. does somebody kind of fit the profile of you? You know, they would be perfect to work with you.
1: Yeah. Right now our focus really is on larger companies, like fortune 500 companies, larger, um, entities, but as we grow out or like, like the Unilevers, Procter, Procter and Gamble's of the world. Um, but as we grow the technology and also build out what it is that we're doing, we want to be able to work with, a ev- any company of any size so that whoever needs content, whatever company needs content, they're able to get it. And also even individually, because we realize now we literally are walking personal brands and so many people just need help with creating content on their own, regardless of even just having a business. So we really want to be able to help everyone in all businesses of all sizes with getting content as they need when they need it.
0: Awesome. So you you talked about working with Fortune 500 companies and large companies. uh, For those people who maybe are looking to do that or or, or struggling with doing that, Uh, what have you found success in or or what, uh, you know, advice would you have for kind of getting in front of those, you know, those uh, decision makers at large companies?
1: Yeah, you know, I think sometimes we we kind of or at least I'll say personally for myself, you don't really realize the gifts that you have to offer all the time like you think you kind of do, but then you realize as you're moving forward, the gift that you really want to focus on is exactly what the company needs. So don't don't neglect that and don't think um, little of that because I think sometimes it's intimidating to go into companies or to contact like a CEO or a person of leadership, which I highly recommend too because that also goes into that decision-making process. But just to not, not think little of what it is that you have to offer because everyone, they know everyone starts somewhere, every company starts somewhere but the secret sauce that you have is exactly that secret sauce that they need so just be bold in that and confident in that.
0: So so you, you, would, you would be more on the side or advocate for, you know, going straight to the decision maker?
1: Yes, always. Um, because then usually, that's when you, you usually get filtered a little bit back down but it always comes down to that person because they're really like the representation of the company and getting their buy-in is, I think, so powerful in order to really get that business or to get the entire buy-in of other people.
0: So uh, so talk about, uh, you talked a little bit about it, but let's talk about the future of Razor and, and what, what that holds. What are, you, what are you looking to do in the next year or so?
1: Well, definitely rebuilding out the platform. Um, also, um, expanding to working with more larger entities, expanding the team. We have, of course, like the whole product wrote back down, but we really want to build technology to help with analyzing content. And so the main goal now is to focus on just the idea of bringing the concept more to life and also helping content creators. So. Growing our content creator network, we have almost six thousand content creators now. Um, but getting that even larger, and also getting to work with more colleges, spreading on college campuses more too across the country, and then eventually even more internationally.
0: So, now I have a question for you as a as a millennial, and and I feel like you're in you're in touch. You might be a millennial too. Yes, I am. Yep. But you could fool me and be a Gen Z. I don't know. (laughs) I love that. Thank you. (laughs) But more of a Gen Z. So talking about content creators and platforms, what are the platforms that seem to be finding the most success now for content creators? I mean, it seems like it's shifting all all the time. I don't feel like it's Facebook anymore.
1: Yes, you're so right. I mean, I think right now TikTok is definitely getting a lot of edge, especially I think the feedback loop around it because there's so many more authentic conversations. And I think between everything that's going on in the world, um, so much of our generation, the millennials or even Gen Zers, they want authenticity and they also want, I think, a lot of positivity or at least where they're able to engage in more insightful, meaningful conversations and TikTok is doing a really great job at that. Of course, there's also Instagram. Um, It's funny, we don't really hear that much about Snapchat now but I still think that they're relevant and also even more so now at LinkedIn. I think LinkedIn is definitely putting a lot of um, things within their infrastructure around like hosting lives or even the creator modes that they have. They're trying to really grow their creator um, network for so that you Professionals can get into building their personal brand more, and I think that's really smart because, like I said, at the end of the day, we're all literally walking around with our own personal brands. You know, so better for the person who you are to really start vocalizing that more.
0: Now, do you have to think about that though? Because if you're if you're creating content for TikTok and you're creating content for LinkedIn, I feel like you have to really know the audience for each of those, and you can't put the same content on both. You have to put more of a, a LinkedIn type of uh, content and a And a TikTok type of content. And those are different, right?
1: Yes. I think for the first starter, or like if you're still like getting going, I think it's appropriate to, you know, put the same amount or the same type of content on all of them. But eventually, though, as you're finding your voice and your audience, yes, definitely cater towards looking at your metric to see what types of content is doing better on TikTok comparatively to LinkedIn or even Twitter now, especially since um, Elon got so much buzz around it. It's kind of, you know, it's getting more buzz again. So I think there's just ways of, um, yeah, showcasing your voice in different ways and different platforms. Gotcha.
0: So, speaking of content and uh, and social media, uh, how do you get your message out there? How can people follow what you're doing?
1: Yeah, so I know we were talking about this right before, but I'm going to be starting my own podcast. Um, and welcome. also, thank you, like doing more content pieces on like articles since I'm a content creator at heart. So you, they can follow me on Instagram or actually LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, all of my all of them, all of them. Ash, usually it's Ash M Will is my handle. I'm my po- podcast is. Called the ripple effect of you. Um, and so I really wanted to focus on people's purpose, meeting passion with purpose, and also just more things around good things people are doing in the world. Um, yeah.
0: Okay. So ripple ripple effect of you is the podcast yeah. and is it coming soon?
1: Yes, it is. I'm in the process. I'm just finalizing my personal website, which I've re- working on rebranding. Thank you just get more agency for helping me with that. And, um, also working on getting the schedule down for the content.
0: Very cool. Well, we'll look. Well, look forward to following that. I, I know I will. I will say I want to
1: have you on the podcast too. Yes, we'll do.
0: We'll do. Yeah, we'll collaborate on that for sure. I'll come on and talk about something. That'd be great. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: whatever, whatever you think I'm an expert in.
1: Yeah, that'd uh, be great.
0: So great to have you, Ashley. Thank You, Devin. Uh, great to have you up at the conference. I hope the the rest of the conference treats you well.
1: Yeah. Thank you guys so much too for hosting this every year and for having all the even the future leaders. I mean, it's such a great opportunity. I've really enjoyed it.
0: Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, so yeah, yeah, thanks, Ashley, and. Uh, We'll look forward to to seeing all the things you do in the future.
1: Thank you equally.
0: With me today is Will McCoy of VIA. We're hanging out at the Mackinac Policy Conference. Uh, Will, how are you doing?
2: I am extremely excited It's like drinking through a water hose right this morning <laughs> So much to do
0: What are your first impressions at MacCon Policy <laughs> Conference?
2: You know what? I, I tell people this all the time I'm, I'm naturally an introvert, right? So being here at this conference is like Both a combination of exciting But then also terrifying at the same time There's so many people here It's so exciting to be here uh, I, And I appreciate you guys, Mitch Otto And everybody else who, who brought us here
0: Absolutely, yes. It is It is. It is drinking from a fire hose, for sure. So, let's talk about, I, I think, you know, uh, of many of the companies that are represented uh, at the conference, VIA may not be well-known yet, but I think it will be soon. So, why don't you tell me a little bit about, first, kind of how you got to this space. So, what's your background, and how did you come to found VIA?
2: Yeah, so... Um, It's very interesting. I'm not an electrical engineer or anything else like that by trade. Um, What I used to do is I I owned a real estate firm. We did property management. Um, I started off with $1,800, right? Grew it to 200 units. Um, But we had to do a lot of project management, so a lot of working with contractors and things like that. Um, And then- About two years ago, during the pandemic, my wife and I decided to move back to Michigan because she's from this area. Um, We did the whole dealership thing. We bought into the dealership. We decided to be entrepreneurs. I did not have the same passion for selling cars um, as I did real estate. But what did happen is as people were going... Uh, specifically dealers were going into the uh, EV agenda um, they had to transfer over then what we would do is we would go out and help them um, and so a lot of them know a lot of dealers know that I love EVs they started asking me hey look we got these EV readiness agendas what should we do and so it, it started out very informally like me kind of like saying hey look you got to put in these type of chargers uh, for your vehicle here's some sources and then we turned it into a business because we saw the need um project management I have been on that space already um, through real estate and working with electrical contractors is, is very similar.
0: So talk about that difference because <laughs> I think EV is still something that people try and understand how that whole process and setup works. So you're not you're not you're not building the chargers mm-hmm. per se. You're not building the infrastructure. You're more on the kind of maintenance and technician side.
2: Correct. So we we when you think of infrastructure, uh, infrastructure does include also the workforce, right? So uh, we we do is is similar to. Um, Our investors like to say we're like Uber, right? So we're like Uber, but for EVSE or anything electrification, we actually train the workforce that's going to install chargers or service chargers. As it starts to ramp up, right, we're going to be the guys that move these people around very efficiently to make sure that we get this infrastructure in.
0: And what, I mean, without divulging too much, what's kind of your secret sauce? Why do you feel like uh, Via has a, the leg up or is the right company for this this space?
2: Oh, Devin, we don't have any secret sauce. No, I'm <laughs> joking. Um, so all companies have to have a secret sauce. Our secret sauce is that um, what we do is we, we essentially automate um, this process, right? So we take our, a lot of the human error that could possibly happen, um, take out a lot of the, the bottlenecks. Um, and what we do is we make it very easy for both our customers who are electricians, but then also our customer who's a- consumer who wants EV chargers installed to get this done in a very efficient way. And so through that we, we imagine like right now we're at a 2% adoption rate. I'm sure most of you guys can imagine dealing with contractors can be super stressful, right? You can imagine what would end up happening if we had millions or when we have millions of customers with needs for electrification how we're going to have to have a process that's very, very succinct, very simple to use.
0: So you're more, is it more on the B2B side then for you? Then direct to the consumer as far as your product or you know what you're what you're doing.
2: So here's where we're unique, right? Um, what ended up happening? So we'll go back to the dealers. When we were working with the dealers and getting their EV chargers installed, the next thing they would ask us is to say, "Hey, look, can you help out our customers?" Right? And so we would say, "Yeah, we can help out your customers." So then we actually end up being both B to B and B to C, um, and it works really well because it's a nice handoff from the B the B to then their customers, their consumers who who need that as well
0: interesting. So talk about, let's talk about, I mean, Michigan. So, you know, you moved back, uh, from, was it Washington DC? Yes. And, uh, you came to Michigan. You, you said your wife's family was from here. Um, I feel like the EV climate is, is really growing. Uh, I mean, EVs are becoming huge. Several automakers have committed to either making the majority or all of their fleets EV in the right. next few years. So you're kind of, you're riding a wave here yes. in a sense. Uh, um, Um, Is Michigan a good place for that? Is Michigan a good place for for EVs and what you're doing?
2: Is this a real question?
0: I got to ask it, of course.
2: (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, I believe that Michigan is the perfect place for it, right? I mean, we're a Detroit-based startup, right? So I I believe that, you know, this is Motor City. It should be, this should be the biggest place for EVs. Um, I think our job is to try to help that, that facilitate that to happen, right? Um, So what we're doing right now is we're making sure that we're working with OEMs, um, utility companies, EBSE, OEMs, to make sure that they can go ahead and get that infrastructure pushed out as quickly as possible to keep Michigan on the forefront of uh, electric vehicles.
0: Well, let me ask you this and follow up: what could be what could we be doing better, either from a, a business standpoint or a legislator standpoint? What could we be doing better in this
2: in this area? These are really good questions, Devin.
0: That's why I do this. <laughs> well, you're not the first person I've interviewed. <laughs>
2: So there are a lot of states who are doing really well at at pushing new companies, right? I I don't necessarily call it a startup because we have revenue and things like that. We have customers. Um, But encouraging the atmosphere of innovation could be done... Uh, Better in any state, specifically like California did this, right? Um, Salt Lake City did this in Utah, right? Houston is now doing this. Austin is now doing this. So I think we're on the forefront of EVs. We should be. We should also be saying, hey, look, this is why you come to Michigan. Obviously, we are the automaker, right? We are a tech we're moving into the tech space. This can be a tech incubator for all things EV.
0: Interesting. Well, I, I mean, I hope I hope that's the case. Um, and then you, I mean, we talked about this a little bit off the air, but there's there's a whole workforce development angle, and you've alluded to it too. But you know, that stuff we've heard at the conference. Mm-hmm. Um, workforce development will be kind of something that we'll continue to think about and training that workforce of the future. Um, how do you think, you know, how do you think you can move that needle in your own way in terms of training the workforce of the future and, you know, advancing the workforce development agenda of, of Michigan?
2: So uh, specifically for where we are, right. Um, we work with a lot of electricians, a lot of electrical contractors in putting in EV infrastructure. Um, there is, a lot of people don't like to hear me say this but there's an easy way that we can create the workforce for the future especially in this space it doesn't require them to go to uh, lengthy schools or have four year degrees in fact I mean it's better that they don't because they can get out in the field and actually start doing work so what we do specifically is very simple we have this group of electricians right who are getting older and about 30% of them are going to be looking to retire in the next 10 to 15 years right we have these young people who are looking for what's next in the future right and so literally what we do is we easily place them in trucks per se with these electricians who want the help right because they need the help they're they're a skilled labor there's a shortage of them with uh, these electricians who need help the the apprentices with them they apprentice with them, and they learn so many different things. They learn everything from uh, business management, to how to lease a truck, to you know, what tools they should have for the future. And they're also getting hands-on experience. Now, they do have to take some courses right along the way through the community colleges, but what is great about Michigan is that you guys offer these, these courses, or we offer these courses for free for them, right? If they come out of high school, whatever it may be. So it really is a, a, a compelling story for them to come out and do this, plus the money, right? I mean, we have like electricians that make $500,000 a year, right? Some of our masters. That's not a little bit of money for these people. So what we do is we place them in the trucks very easily with them. Um, And then over time, in about four years, they're able to then go take the journeyman's test, which then increases their salary. It's not a hard process for us. I know that a lot of people want us to, to do more with this, but Again, it, it's, we don't have that luxury right now moving into the electric vehicle future, so we try to, to streamline the process just like we do everything else to make sure that we have the workforce needed. Gotcha.
0: So so what's next uh, for you in terms of, you know, is it just growing the business? Is it branching out into other verticals? What do you see in the next six to 12 months for, for you and the company?
2: Yeah, so one of the things that we're looking at is that uh, we're moving, and I, I'm going the coin this phrase, right? The electrification of things, right? So EOT, right? Everything is going to become electric at some point in time, right? Until we, become, until we find some other source, everything's going to be electric. So what we need is uh, people who can do... And service these different models, these different products on different platforms or whatever it may be. What we wanna do is we wanna be the platform that allows people to do that. So, if you have an EV charger, we can do that. But if you're also looking at battery storage, we can do that. And then we can also do things like solar as well, making a process to sustainability and electrification very, very simple for the customer, for the consumer, but also for our partners, uh, OEMs as well.
0: That's the future? That's the future. So let me wrap up with this. How did you come up with the name? Via.
2: Yep. So if you look at our name, we have the word both both vehicle in it, right? And then like the American word via, right? We consider ourselves the connection to the all electric future.
0: How long did it take you to come up with that name? Was that, do you think, it sounds like you you put some thought into that.
2: I did. Um, I also have a a marketing degree. So I I spent some time in marketing and and as an entrepreneur, you always got to think of like quick Ways to think of, like quick, quirky things to do. And so that's how I came up with the name.
0: Okay. So, how can people? how can people connect or learn more about VIA?
2: Yep. So you can go to uh, www.vehya.com, so via.com. Um, and there you'll learn about what we're doing as far as workforce development, what we're doing in Michigan. There's actually an example of a young man named Delante on there who we actually placed with an electrician. He's doing the apprenticeship program now. Um, and then you can also get your charger and get it installed pretty quickly.
0: You can do that directly via the website? Correct very very cool well well it was it was great to talk to you I uh, hope you continue and enjoy the rest of your uh, rest of your Mackinac policy conference yeah. um, and wish you the best and we'll we'll follow your journey
2: thank you Devin really appreciate it man you've been awesome uh and thank you Craig for letting us on talk to you soon yeah. <laughs>